0: Hey everyone, this is Dr. Nick Hoffman at the Marist School. Welcome to Tales from the Social Studies Department, the podcast where the students tell you the stories that they wish were on the curriculum. Today, in the dark side of the NBA, Luke Harvey and I, Wyatt Alford, will take a deep dive into the conspiracy of the world's largest basketball league, also known as the NBA. We have gone in-depth in research trying to find the most realistic yet absurd conspiracies. We're going to start by looking at the NBA draft lottery and specifically the year 1985 with the New York Knicks. Then we will jump into the possible suspension for gambling of basketball's greatest player ever during his first retirement. Also, another conspiracy around the GOAT, it was that he had an abandoned son, also known as Jimmy Butler. Finally, we will dive into a very recent conspiracy where a set of NBA twins might have pulled off a one of a kind switcheroo. Now to start off with the first of our conspiracies. Patrick Ewing, and the first pick overall. So the consensus number one pick at the time, in 1985, was Patrick Ewing. He was a standout at Georgetown College where he averaged 15.3 points, which was on 62% shooting, 9.2 rebounds, and 1.2 steals, along with a whopping 3.4 blocks per game, while also simultaneously winning the NCAA championship. The national consensus around the league was that whatever team he went to would instantly become a contender and they would change the face of that franchise. Leading into the 1985 NBA draft, the New York Knicks won a whopping 24 games, but six other teams were known as intentionally tanking or trying to play as badly as possible, who also had a very similar record. The way it panned out was that the Knicks and six other of these teams had exactly a 14.3% chance at the top pick, which would most likely be Patrick Ewing. At the time, the NBA was looking to expand in popularity. The NBA's largest market was the Knicks. Where they took play, where they played in New York, and the league believed that if the Knicks landed a superstar like Ewing, then they could move to the upper echelon of the league, bringing much more popularity to the NBA. Specifically, the new popularity that the NBA would get from this the great player in this big market would be that they'd be able to renegotiate a new TV deal, bringing millions and millions of dollars to the league. So, what the NBA draft lottery is, is that each team logo is placed in a large envelope, put in a glass ball where the NBA commissioner spins it around, and then an envelope is picked out for each individual pick. The belief for this draft was that David Cern, the commissioner at the time, had either frozen the Knicks envelope or bent the corner. He would do such a thing so that when he would pull it out because he wanted the Knicks to get the first overall pick, he would know exactly which envelope he was grabbing to assign the first overall pick. So when the video from this lottery is shown, you can clearly see that David Cern is fumbling around the envelopes until he finally grabs the next one and even in the video you can see that the corner is slightly bent following the 1985 nba draft lottery the nba changed the way the lottery worked by switching it from envelopes so that nothing like this could happen again into instead ping pong balls but another reason that david stern and the nba might have break the draft lottery is that it would bring a lot more traction to the actual draft lottery now people would look back every year to see if they can notice anyone actually rigging it.
1: Alright, so what do we think about this? Do we believe it or no? I mean, I feel like it's a very high possibility that they could have done it and I think he definitely could have pulled it off, with like the Frozen and the bending thing.
0: Yeah, 100%. But honestly, there's even more stuff that we have on it where we have some quotes from NBA GMs at the time, along with the commissioner himself and other people with the Knicks organization, and I'm going to read these off real quick. Stan Kasten, the then GM of the Atlanta Hawks, recalled himself attending a college tournament in Hawaii a few months prior to the lottery, where he says word for word, I was sitting with a couple of NBA guys, and I remember one high-ranking team executive, who I will not name, was a million percent convinced of what would happen. He's going to the Knicks, he said. He kept on saying he's going to the Knicks. It's all arranged. I didn't believe him at the time. So that's an nba gm saying such a thing i mean that's
1: up in the air it could go either way but i don't know maybe maybe that's true but I don't...
0: all right wait wait but wait till you hear what david stern said okay. this is crazy all right, all right. so stern he he brought out he brushes off the question obviously about a rigged outcome but this is what he says if people want to say that the lottery was fixed fine he said as long as they spell our name right that means they're interested in us that's terrific like, come on now. That's, yeah, that I yeah, I think that's what gave it away. Cause I mean, all he's saying is like, listen, like, I don't care if it's rigged, I don't care if they think it's rigged. As long, I mean. as long as we're getting clout publicity, they're bringing more money to us, yeah. and they are t- gonna tune in. That's kinda like what they wanted. So I am, um, maybe it is rigged. Yeah, and also another reporter wrote, as another guy, based at an Indianapolis TV station, they used a freeze frame to point out the corner of the Knicks envelope, and it was bent. Other, also, other reports surfaced claiming the envelope had been placed in a freezer to be colder to the, tu- to the touch. So that's just further confirming what I said earlier about the possibility of it being frozen. That's true. Yeah,
1: I I mean, maybe, but I mean, either way, it, it could go either way. So.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Personally, I think that this is one of the more realistic of the NBA conspiracies. Because, I mean, there's a lot of information and evidence that goes against Stern. But then at the same time, it's like, okay... Whether they rigged it or not, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. This happened, like, what, 40 years ago? Yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, who really cares? I mean, it did end up changing the Knicks franchise, though. So. Yeah, 100%, I mean, now everyone knows the Knicks. Yeah. Like, they're one of the biggest teams in the NBA. They definitely put them on the map, so. All right, we'll do the next one? Yeah, yeah, we can go to the, so there are also some more drafts lottery, but uh, conspiracies. These are a little bit smaller, obviously not as big as 1985 one, and Luke's gonna go into that.
1: So more draft lottery stuff.
0: Um, this
1: was the first instance, believes, rigging of the draft lottery. Um, many conspiracies have been rigging the lottery again, including the lottery two years ago, when the Pelicans got the number all number one overall pick, and number o- when the number one overall pick was already decided to change the franchise. Also, the Pelicans had just had a superstar, Anthony Davis, request a trade in hoping to land to the Lakers. Hoping the Lakers to get Anthony Davis to a larger market to make the NBA more money and end the Lakers playoff drought. The Lakers landed in the top four of the lottery so they could use that pick to trade for Davis. So,
0: I mean, I think I think that's that's believable. I um, mean, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you're telling me the Lakers who just landed LeBron James yeah. deserved the top four overall pick. Mm-hmm. Like, and they weren't projected to be there either. Exactly. And even with all the rumors of Anthony Davis, like, I mean, let's be honest, the NBA wanted Anthony Davis in Los Angeles. That's another big market, like the Knicks, who could bring a ton of money to the league if they win a championship and in their playoff draft. And then, also some even some earlier of the um, some other draft conspiracies. There's one in 1992 and 1993. So after the DeVos family bought the Orlando Magic, they were given back-to-back first overall picks. Which ended up being Shaquille O'Neal and then Penny Hardaway, and that's a little a little suspect because, I mean, this guy just buys a buys a team and boom lands two first exactly. overall picks. immediately. I mean, this really brings Orlando, a big city, into the picture. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then another one, is when Cleveland lands the number one overall pick in 2003, when they got Ohio native LeBron James, who was born and raised in Cleveland. Like that's got to be a little a little suspect. Yeah, that, I mean, maybe, but like. It,
1: it also takes a lot like for Cleveland I don't I don't really believe this one as much because it takes a lot to go into that Cause, yeah I mean you would have to have Cleveland tank to get the pick then you'd have to get the the, odd, the odds of the draft lottery so like I don't know that, that when you add up all the odds that doesn't really
0: yeah yeah And then, I mean, also Cleveland, after LeBron James ends up leaving in 2011, they get two more first-round picks in 2013 2014, but that's kinda, they'd suck those those years. So that's, I don't really see that as being a major conspiracy. I mean, that's just believable. Yeah, and then, so now we're gonna move on to one of the NBA's biggest conspiracies with Michael Jordan.
1: Okay, so this conspiracy is gonna be about Michael Jordan's gambling debts. Um, Many people know Michael Jordan um, coming off of three championships, he um, was 30 years at the time, and many people had seen Jordan in gambling casinos during the season. Um, there was one story of Jordan in a playoff series against New York, seen at a, I think it was a Atlantic Casino. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, yeah, they, he was just seen out gambling right before the game <laughs> next day. Absolute menace to society. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Jordan was coming off leading this league in scoring for seven straight seasons and he was also named the 93 finals MVP. Um, so he just won the championship. Obviously he'd run, uh, he'd won three championships in a row. So the bulls were really rolling, especially Jordan was really rolling in terms of like popularity. And then tragically over that summer, his father was murdered in North Carolina so this is just like the backstory leading up to all this. Um, so then the Bulls held a press conference that summer and I mean MJ obviously very like sad in the press conference, said the desire to play basketball wasn't wasn't there and he didn't have anything else to prove, so he decided to retire. Right, yeah. And he stepped into baseball right. Yeah. So that's his dream. So as the undercover theory go goes, NBA con- was concerned about Jordan's gambling ties and wanted him to take a break. So Jordan, quote unquote, voluntarily stepped away instead of the NBA publicly like implementing a punishment to one of their like their best player, players because yeah. um, that obviously wouldn't show a good message to. Like, oh yeah, hundred percent. That makes the league look awful. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this obviously caused a lot of discrepancy among fans and because. Their most ionic player was retiring, and many people thought, "Oh, yo, he wouldn't just stop playing. Like, he just won three championships. Why would he just stop playing? Like, that just doesn't seem right." So, one of these guys uh, named Jack McCollum, he was a journalist, and he found that a fifty-seven-thousand-dollar check from Jordan was discovered by the IRS in the bank account convicted of uh, James James Bowler. Then a hundred-eight-thousand checks from Jordan were found in the briefcase of a slain bail bondsman from Eddie Dow so that just shows like
0: yeah and, he and, really had and bet. bowler James bowler who had the 57th check he was a convicted cocaine trafficker like why 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 would Jordan be paying these awful men yeah exactly man. Like, hundreds like... hundreds and fifty thousand dollars like yeah. there's no way but I mean this guy I guess he did <laughs> yeah <obviously.
1: laughs> according, to, according to this guy um so anyways in his farewell address Uh, many obviously press conference was packed and one of the uh, reporters asked if he would return and he he said he was pretty sure he would come back different so that means maybe it was leading to him coming back maybe it was all staged right yeah you never know yeah that's kind of what it happens and later going into the season when Michael Jordan wasn't playing a reporter asked him do you end up coming back and if so like how and uh, jordan responded with five years down the line if that urge comes back and if the bulls have me if david stern lets me back in the league i may come back so what i found really interesting about this if the blind says if david stern lets me back in the league like oh i mean that's a bomb show. Yeah. like
0: why why does jordan need the commissioner's permission to get in the league oh 100 i mean i feel like there's no way that he like intentionally like Said that I mean there's no way there wasn't another reasoning for that yeah. you know because he definitely slipped up like oh, 100% so I don't, I don't I mean I don't know I what kinda, are your thoughts on your I believe
1: this one obviously you could say yeah I mean it's very very possible that his dad he stopped because of his dad and Trump try dramatic events of his dad but you could also look at the side of the story too so
0: yeah I mean personally I'm big fan of this conspiracy I think it's a really realistic one I mean, when you tie in all this stuff, and there's other different, like, more information on this, mm-hmm. I am I really think that this is a very realistic case, because I mean, there's no way you're Michael Jordan, the best player in the history of the NBA, and you retire in the middle of your prime. That's true. I mean, and
1: also, I mean, I don't know if people watched The Last Dance documentary, right. lots of... I mean, it talks about his gambling guts and that, too. And, yeah, um, I mean, it's 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 known that yeah. he,
0: had a, he had a gambling issue. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a very realistic. I mean, he
1: was shown playing, like, card games for, like, yeah, like exactly. thousands of dollars Yeah, even is, with I mean, some Bulls workers. Cool. Yeah. yeah,
0: exactly. He would bet on anything. Mm-hmm. So, now to step even further into Jordan, but in a different light. So, this is another one about Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler was born on September 14th, 1989. He was raised in Houston, Texas by his mother, Lana Butler, until the age of 13. But when he turned 13, his mom threw him out of the house because quote unquote, she didn't like the way he looked. So she just tossed him out of his house. Yeah, and she didn't like how he looked. Mm-hmm. And then he lived homelessly bouncing from house to house until one of his friends took him in. And then eventually he made his way to the NBA. And now he's obviously a superstar for the, for the Miami Heat. Yeah. But some speculations arise from claims that Michael Jordan had an abandoned child in 1988. Jordan was married at the time but he might have stepped out of his marriage and had a child that's crazy and then Uh, it's possible yeah i mean it's very possible all these nba players are known to be a little shady with their relationships Mm -hmm. but i mean in fear of sabotaging his family according to this he paid the mother for child support to keep a secret and keep him out of jordan's life but it is known that if this is true he stopped giving the mom money when the kid turned 13. so this is when the Kind of the similarities start to tie in that the quote-unquote mother of Jordan's child ended up kicking her kid out of her house when he turned 13. So basically, when the child support stopped,
1: the kid was kicked right. out of
0: the house. Right. See. All right. And that's, it, that's really interesting. Cause right? I mean, let's be honest. you know your mom's not gonna throw her biological kid out yeah, of her house for not liking how he looks. Like that's that's mm-hmm. no. See that's that's where this conspiracy gets me. 'Cause they both get tossed out at thirteen. And also, Jimmy Butler never had a father figure in his life.
1: Also, he he was kicked out in Chicago, right? Yeah, in
0: Chicago. So that's
1: also I mean that's got I mean, are
0: you serious? Like Jordan was nineteen eighty eight, he was in Chicago. So some other similarities between Jimmy and MJ, they both played for Chicago and they're both superstars making tons of money tons of money there. But let's be honest, the fact is Michael Jordan. 95% 95% sure is not Jimmy Butler's father. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jordan is said to have abandoned a child in 1988, but that still is technically some time before be Butler anyone. was born, so yeah. that could be really any person.
1: Although, I mean, if you look at their faces closer, they close, do look very they, similar. They look I'm not, not going to lie, they do look um, very similar. Yeah.
0: But I mean, we still don't really know. That's a kind of far-fetched one. And on a similar light, it's more lighthearted one. Another NBA player, Otto Porter Jr some people think he's the son or grandson of wilt chamberlain as wilt chamberlain was known to have slept with over 10,000 women so odds are chamberlain wouldn't know if he had had this kid but i mean they look uncannily similar that's true like you put them face to face when they were both around the same age they look the exact same but i mean let's be honest there's really no evidence to say
1: that they're related at all
0: yeah i know we gotta get a dna test for mj and butler and porter and wilt chamberlain yeah 100 percent Alright, now on to another more lighthearted conspiracy. Luke can take this one off. Okay, so our next one is Marcus
1: Morris playing as Markeith Morris in Game 2 of the 2017 Eastern Conference Semifinals. So, obviously, many people know the Marcus or the Morris twins. Um, they obviously look very close together. And right, yeah, similar. 100%. They all have the same tattoos as yeah, well. exactly.
0: There's no difference between them.
1: So, this one gained... Track, traction. Uh, at Washington's Mark Keith Morris suffered what looked like to be a bad ankle injury in Game One against the Celtics. Um, he came back to score 16 points and snag six six rebounds in 26 minutes in Game Two. What is said to be what they say is um, the Morris twins said that they used to switch teams back in the when they were young. Yeah, like on the, AAU in days. So I mean, that's quite possible because I mean.
0: I mean especially especially in that time
1: like oh I know can't really tell. I mean
0: uh, one of them says Marquise says specifically one time my brother had hurt his ankle but I had found out I gave him the limp back in like I was hurt and kept playing for him like yeah that's, that's like the exact situation exactly, yeah. but I mean I don't know
1: I feel like the NBA would catch
0: that though. yeah the problem is let's yeah. be honest like if they if that did happen there's no way the NBA doesn't find out and also yeah. if they are caught I mean, that could end both their careers. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we're talking about a big fine. They might have to replay the entire game. Because this is not like some regular season yeah, Joe Schmo game. Big, yeah. This is a big, big game. This is 20, yeah, this was when... uh, IT was, was on the Celtics, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. this was big. I mean, there's no, I, I find it very unlikely this has happened. I mean, it could have happened in maybe a regular season game, like a meaningless game. But I just really don't see it happening in the yeah, playoffs with tons of money on the line.
1: I bet you they could have pulled it off in like a less like popular game yeah definitely um but eastern conference semifinals i don't know
0: yeah that's a little too much um all right so that was our conspiracies for today thank you for listening to the dark side of the nba with luke and wyatt me hopefully you enjoyed our conspiracies and some of them made you really question the overall integrity integrity of the nba we hope you like the podcast and listen to us again and we'd like to thank our, our teacher dr hoffman for the opportunity to make this podcast and the nba the foolery to allow these conspiracies
1: Tales from the Social Studies Department is a
0: podcast of the Marist Podcasting Experiment and executive produced by Dr. Nick Hoffman. All views expressed herein are the views of the podcaster and not of Marist School, Dr. Hoffman, or the Social Studies Department at Marist School. Thank you.